This week on Moms Moving On. Trust me, if I really wanted to, as I'm sure he wanted to hold the grudge and really wanted to say, well, my wife, my wife's an asshole, or my ex-wife's an asshole, my ex-husband's an asshole, whatever the case is, we could easily do it. I could sit here for hours and tell you about it. But that's not going to benefit us. What's going to benefit us is, okay, we may have failed in our marriage, but you know what we could still do? We could still be the poster children for perfect parent, divorced parents. Like, I want someone to say, look at them. They're, they really got their shit together. Look at how good the kids are doing. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hi, everybody. We're back with another Moms Moving On. This is an exciting one. This is something I haven't done before. But when this person approached me to come on and do an interview in this capacity, I'm like, you know what? Yes, I would love that. Angela is an old friend of mine, or should I say client? I don't even know what to say at this point. After being with her husband for 15 years and married for five, Angela went from feeling as though she was on top of the world to feeling like the wind was knocked out of her. How many of us can relate to that? Angela Pugliese Ulmer is a mother of three girls under the age of five, partner at an international corporate law firm, a recovering codependent people pleaser, and current navigator of the treacherous waters of divorce. In February 2020, after desperately searching the term divorce and being a mom in her podcast search engine at 3 a.m., Angela stumbled across a new podcast called Moms Moving On. After binging the first and only five episodes, she instantly felt connected to and understood. After diving into the necessary tools, support of family and friends, and the Moms Moving On community, Angela is finding her footing. Get ready for the raw, the real sharing in real time, what has helped her get through the day of wearing all of the hats a mom wears. Angela, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I, you know, I, I'm however many, 115 episodes in now, so you've been listening a long time, and you know that it's important for me to have divorce experts come on to answer the questions that I can't answer. But you're going to be able to answer a question that I get almost daily, which is, how am I going to do this? I have little kids. I don't think I can survive this. What am I supposed to do? You can answer those questions better than any divorce attorney and a mental health professional and any coach like myself, because you've done it, you've lived it, and now you're here to talk about it. Yes, that's that's definitely true. And I'm currently navigating, like you said, the waters of it. Nothing is necessarily finalized and nothing is um, set in stone just yet, but it will be. Um, With that being said, I think I could offer a different perspective into how do you navigate the day-to-day right now currently. It's very easy to speak about how we overcame things, past tense, and how we're growing from it. But there's a difference with going through it now. So I will say that it's not easy. I will say that every day is a learning curve. Every day there's another curveball that's thrown at me. Mm-hmm. But what I have realized and the benefit that has come out of the situation is that I am resilient. The day will be over just as well as the day was over last week and months ago mm-hmm. that I never thought the time would pass when I thought that time was standing still and it just keeps going on and progressing. And as that time goes on and it progresses, it gets easier. I don't want to say that there's no pain, there's no heartache, there's no whatever, but it's, it gets easier. It's familiarized. 
I think that's something you and I discussed way back when. I don't even remember. Was it 2020 when you and I had a session when I together? Into your, oh, no, I was going to say when I slipped into your DMs <laughs> after a bottle of wine. <laughs> no, no. Um, I think, yes, my session was in 2021, actually. 2021. And I, and I remember telling you what I tell all my clients, which is what's now is not forever. And you're going to look back a year from now and say, oh, my God, I did that. And so is that where you're at? Is that why you said, hey, Michelle, I want to come on the podcast and talk about my experience? Yeah, that definitely has something to do with it. I'd say that divorce was a blessing in disguise in the sense that I don't think I would have grown to understand myself the way that Mm -hmm. I have now to this day. Um, And that's even going through years of school, you know, becoming a professional, getting all the accolades that I've always had my my eyes set on. Um, But this was the one thing or one of the couple of things in my life where I felt like there's no way like I need an answer I need to know how I'm going to be I need to know how it is that I'm going to survive how what I have to do I wanted the blueprint and there just was no necessary blueprint you have to sort of find the answer on your own and that was very great for me and I was very scary because it was a it was waters never explored right and I I could totally relate I remember feeling like okay I'm strong I've been through a lot. I survived childhood trauma. I've had car accidents, surgeries. I can I can handle divorce. I'll be fine. But it was all the little like day-to-day minutia that I never really considered. Like big picture, I was like, all right, I'm not going to die. I'll be okay. But it was like those those first couple of weeks alone with my child and then how my friendships changed and then navigating the divorce process and then the changing relationship with my ex, like all of that hits you like a ton of bricks or like a Mack truck, like you said. And and it is ever changing. You know, like you said, I have three under five. I'm an attorney and they, my husband and I are, we agree rather on the 50-50 custody. So there are some days during the week where I'm by myself. And then there's some days when I have the girls. And the thing that I believe, and I've learned from you, I've learned from other people that, you know, I've met through the process, the best way, I won't want to say easiest way, but the best way to navigate through this time is to focus solely on the kids. And it's not always easy. There are times where I want to throw my phone or I want to lash out, or sometimes that I do. And I'm, I'm not proud of it, but we're all human and that is what it is. Um, and I just feel as though, you need to focus on the kids, focus on the fact that they didn't ask for this, focus on the fact that whatever you do right now today, while you're feeling whatever emotion it is that you're feeling throughout that day, this could be the day that your child or your kids remember for years to come. And you may not even realize it. I, I know. I mean, no pressure to you or anybody listening, but I'm always like, oh my God, is this the day I like mess it up for good? And she's going to therapy talking about this <laughs> moment. I know what you mean. But when you say focus on the kids, can you give us a, an example of a situation in your own life where you're triggered, you feel like you're going to lose your shit, but you're able to turn it around and just be like, you know what? Nope. Child-centered decisions here. I'm not going to go crazy. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and there's a few, but my girls, I'm very fortunate to have a spouse who I wouldn't pick anybody else to co-parent with. I, if I had to basically mold the perfect co-parent or the perfect father, he would be it. I have nothing bad to say. Those are strong and, words. 
And it's the truth. And my girls are very lucky to have him as a father. And I would never, ever, ever change that. But I tend to be a control freak when it comes to the discipline and when it comes to structure and when it comes to scheduling. Which well, is hold on. Are you being a control freak? I posted about this recently because I call myself a control <laughs> freak all the time. Are you being a control freak or are you being an organized mother of three who's a full-time working mom? Like there's there's a fine line. I get it. But I like- think that it's both. I think that it's both. But I will say this, because of that nature, because of our innate characteristics as mothers and as working mothers, you feel as though like they need to be in bed by six or six, whatever time, seven. They need to make sure that they do their homework. They need to make sure that they look like they didn't go to hell and back going to school and dress nicely or presentable or whatever the case is, right? And I remember the first couple of weeks that we let the girls go to his apartment um, and stay. I'd be calling in the morning and being like, okay, did they brush their teeth? Are they dressed? Oh. Bows are in her hair. Does she match? Do you, you have her lunch? Did you, and, it, you know, I have to realize that that's not important anymore. That's some, that's a, that's something that I know that he can take care of. I need to let my reins go a bit and I need to allow him to be a parent. I'm, I feel very comfortable with them being in his presence. I feel very comfortable with whatever decisions that he makes. So that was something that I learned that I had to just let go of. So now I... I imagine maybe you've read my book. Uh, maybe like four or five times. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that I, that I write a whole chapter on certain battles you have to like pick, like what things you have to let go of. And I remember when I wrote it, I, this I wrote it two years ago. So I was three years into my divorce and co-parenting process then. I'm five years in now. And as I'm writing it, I'm thinking, these moms are going to freaking kill me because even these things that seem so little now to me back then seemed huge, like the bedtime. Like I bent over backwards for the two years that Bella had been on this planet before we separated to keep her on the tightest schedule and she slept like a champ. Like I bent over backwards to make sure she ate healthy, brushed her teeth, all those things. And now you're telling me I can't have control. And so, yeah, you said the magic words, like having to just like let them be parents and understand that if they were going to do everything the same way you did, you'd probably still be married to them. That is one of like, you know, it's it's a form of self-care because then you're not sitting there driving yourself crazy or driving your kids crazy, like trying to put the responsibility on them. I see that happen all the time. And I'm like, no, when we take a step back and let our co-parents rise to the occasion, I will say that most times, not all, most times they'll surprise you. Hundred percent. And the other thing that I think has helped me through this is not sharing so much information with others because ah, interesting. Everyone, Another everyone, chapter in my book. <laughs> yes, I mean, it, I I am a communicator, which is another reason why potentially my marriage maybe did not work. We were not necessarily on the same page with communicating. But with that being said. I could over-communicate at times. I could acknowledge that. You know, I, I like to speak to girlfriends. Who doesn't? I like to speak with my my mother. I'm very, very close with her. Um, but what I had to hone back and realize is that this is such a personal situation that no one ha- knows what goes on behind closed doors. Nobody knows what kind of communication you have had with your spouse or your ex-spouse or whatever the case is. No one feels the emotions that you're feeling, and yet the responsibilities 
that are also loaded on your shoulders all at the same time. They could just listen. And having a soundboard is great, but sometimes that soundboard could project sound back at you. And it's not always the best thing to do, like to listen. I have friends that are not, have not even been married or parents and they have opinions and you have to just take it in stride and just know like, okay, well, no, that's not how this works or, you know. Yeah. No, well, here's how I, I attribute that, right? Like if, if you knock on the door, if somebody knocks on your door and you're not expecting company, you have two choices. You can go hide and pretend you're not home, which is probably what I would choose. Or you can open the door and welcome in whatever you just set, lowered your guard down for, right? So that's, it's the same thing. Like when I, I feel like a lot of my clients will come to me and they'll say, Michelle, like I'm getting the worst advice. Or like, can you believe my friend said this when I told her that? And that's why I wrote the chapter on why it's so important to be discerning because are you venting? Are you looking for validation? Are you really looking for advice? Like there's a difference and you would talk to different people for different things, but you also can't be mad at the person who showed up to your house that you opened the door for because you opened the door. Correct. Right. hundred percent. hundred percent. It's here. Oh my God, I can't believe it. My book is officially out in the world. Have you ordered it yet? It's called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and comes out the other side. Me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. So order it now. What are you waiting for? So when you and I first chatted, and this is like, you know, obvious emotions that everybody feels in the beginning of their process. You were a lot more, I should say, emotionally challenged. You were more upset. You were more <laughs> angry. That's being you, nice. You were not as like emotionally evolved as you are today on <laughs> April 3rd, 2022. What was that process like for you? And what really helped you move past your anger and your disappointment? To understand or to answer that question and for the viewers to understand it, I think dabbling into the timeline of what happened or uh, transpired is important. And that's, I graduated, first of all, my, my husband and I have been together for, like you said, 15 years. I met him when I was 16. So I was very, very young. I graduated law school in 2014. So we were together that whole time from I don't know, 2006 to 2014. I was admitted to practice in December of 14. And then we got engaged in January of 2015. After that, it was only an 11-month engagement. We got married in November. We went on our honeymoon. I remember the specific date that I came back. I had just started a job in that October. So there was a lot weighing on me um, throughout my career also. I came home from uh, our honeymoon, and I realized that something just didn't feel right. Found out that I'm pregnant. So now I have to Ooh. go to the and tell them, you just hired me. You just gave me three weeks vacation, and now I'm pregnant. Fast forward. I have the baby in August of 2017, go on maternity leave. The day that I get back from maternity leave happens again. <laughs> I <laughs> took a test and I am now pregnant again. And now I am expecting where I have Irish twins. So everything was a bum rush. 
And from there, then it was a, I'd say a year or two where it was basically me acclimating to becoming a mother, which was not a very, I am not ashamed to say it wasn't an easy transition for me. Okay. I had just gotten married. I'm learning how to be a wife. I had just gotten admitted to the bar. I'm learning how to be an attorney. And now on top of that, I'm now a mother, right? So I'm wearing all of these hats. I'm trying to balance everything, balance this new job. And it became very difficult and I lost a sense of self. I will admit that wholeheartedly. Um, I'm an anxious person. I wholeheartedly admit that. I learned how to control it now, but the postpartum anxiety and the dealing now with two kids under one years old, it, it took a toll. So I was attempting to navigate that, but you know, what's the saying? Death by a thousand cuts. My yeah. marriage was more or less over by a thousand cuts because this is probably when the issues started, but no one realized because we were just too busy trying to survive and right, going through the, the motions. Day. Yeah. So um, two years later, I, or a year and a half later, I become pregnant with my third, who I have right prior to the pandemic, which was December of 2019. And unfortunately, with all the sicknesses that were going around, she ended up in the hospital with an upper respiratory infection on a uh, breathing apparatus in March. She gets out, she's fine now, gets out of the hospital. And this is when then we realized that between the pandemic and finally getting our footing down and there were other issues that we were attempting to work on. The writing was on the wall that it's either we shit or we get off the pot. And right. although I thought I was on the pot, he thought he was on the pot, he thought that they were shitting, but we weren't on the same page for a little while. And I will say that those months between us realizing that and then him finally moving out were the hardest because you're living in limbo. You know, yeah. you have a little voice inside your head saying, this is all that you guys have been through. You can persevere through this. Also, you have three beautiful kids. You know, mm-hmm. I'm very old fashioned. I don't come from a family of divorce. It's always, well, you know, you work it out. You, you guys love each other. You made a commitment. It will be fine. Let it go. But yet there was something still inside of me saying, you know what? Even if I got the perfect resolution to all of this, right? Even if he changed, I changed we created some type of scheduling with the girls or whatever the case may be, would you still be happy? And I realized that because of those months, and that's when I was sliding through your DMs and listening to the podcasts and reading whatever I had to read, I realized that, no, I wasn't being true to myself at this point. You know it's not going to work. Cut your losses now. You have a beautiful friendship and you have to just keep it moving. That's a really brave, brave step and and at a very vulnerable time in your life. So I have to ask, any regrets? A marriage doesn't end necessarily by just one person's actions. It's usually cause and effect. And it's usually one person thinks that their causes are greater than the effects of the cases, right? I will sit here and tell you that I have a lot of work that I need to do. I recognize that I'm in the process of doing it. I know that I also deserve better and the best and to be respected and to be appreciated um, as to see. So I do not have any regrets at this time. I don't want, I want my girls to look at whoever I'm with or, you know, whatever relationship I'm in as the epitome of happiness and what they would aspire to be. Like I did with my parents, they weren't perfect, but I knew that they were, 
foundationally sound and I knew that they were stable and I knew that they loved each other no matter what. And they'd fight and they'd bicker or whatever, but they got over it. And for me, that's what I want for my girls. And it was obvious that that was not coming to fruition after a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a bitter pill to swallow, but it's also such a liberating one. Cause you know, like, you know, deep in your gut that this is what you need to do and you'll be rewarded handsomely eventually for your bravery and, and life goes on. So what, so you're 50, 50 now, mm -hmm. what does your schedule breakdown look like? So being an attorney in an international law firm, I get to work remotely most of the time. So my girls, if you ask them what I do for a living, I go on the computer and I write emails. Yes. I'm home. So I have them on Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays. On Saturday during the day, I have them. He picks them up at night and he um, they get to stay at his apartment at night. On Sundays, every other Sunday, they're with him and, uh, and with me. We alternate. Mondays, he has them at night after school and he does the dance pick up and drop off and on tuesdays he has them because he's off so is this like a kind of a two two three i can't figure it out it's sort of the problem is that with his work schedule and the the um hours that he's allowed this was the only way to make it work and yet consistent some semi-consistent for the girls right um so he was able to get an apartment close to the house and they could stay at these schools. There's not an issue. And how has it and been? And it's just stipulated between him and I. It wasn't uh, given to us by a court. How has it been adjusting to co-parenting three girls? It's been okay. And I think it's been okay because I think that we were co-parenting and not even realizing it prior to him moving out. I think because we have two totally different parenting styles, things that maybe we should have realized in the past, but I didn't think that it would be a breaking factor but it does weigh on a marriage if you're not necessarily on the same page. It's been a transition, but I have, but it's been a good one. And the girls are resilient. And I know that that word is tossed around all the time when we speak about co-parenting and raising kids and it hurts us more than it hurts them. And I do think that there is some merit to that. I mean, when we told the girls um, about us not living in the same house, I just won it. And if you know me, I'm a planner. I know <laughs> I'm an over organizer. I needed to know exactly what I would have sat there with the script and just mm -hmm. read the script to them if I could, yeah. because I didn't know what to, what to say, but I was caught with my tail between my legs at the time. And I just went with it and they took it beautifully. And the only thing that they cared about was what color dishes they were going to have at his apartment and whether they had so a bathroom of their own. And I was like, they're so really funny like that. I'm sitting there going, um, you know, we love you. We love you. And they're like, but wait, do we have purple plates at daddy's house? You know, mommy, maybe we can go to Target and we can get purple plates and then Bella could have uh, pink plates, whatever the case is, right? And I sat there and I was like, okay, I think they understood it. And a couple of weeks later, um, my oldest, who's five, she'll be six, had a friend over in the basement and I overheard a conversation. And I'm so glad that I did. The friend was like, um, so does your daddy live here? Which I thought was a odd question, but uh, she Bella asked. gets it all the time in my house. And and my oldest goes, No, he doesn't live here. My mommy and daddy are just really good friends. So he has his house. So I have two houses. And the way that she was able to answer it, I was so proud. And I'm not saying that I'm foregoing years of therapy for her. But, you know, again, I'm I'm new to this. I'm not saying that she's not going to need help in the future or that she's not going to want to talk about things in the future. But right now, 
this is their understanding of what's going on. Well, I, I mean, listen, you, I think kudos to you and your ex for being, or your soon to be ex for being amicable, because that also helps in the transition for the kids. When there's a lot of turmoil in the beginning, it can be harder, but your, your attitude and what all the work that you're doing to better yourself is certainly rubbing off on them. And you should be proud of that. Um, so I, so it's been, it's been a year, I guess, in our relationship together, whatever we have here, what would you say was like, is your, your biggest point of growth? Like, where have you grown the most? Not allowing my emotions get the best of me and understanding and reading a situation and understanding my attachment styles and what I gravitate towards and what problems that could potentially pose in the future. Ah, very big, especially if you plan on dating again. But about that emotional piece, not letting your emotions get the best of you. That's also a very popular question in my DMs. Do you have any tips for anyone who may have a very hard time putting the phone down and walking away? Again, put your kids first. If you send that nasty text message or you answer the phone in an abrasive manner or you know, you fight endlessly for hours, who's it exhausting? Or who's benefiting rather? Do you think that your point really got across necessarily to someone who's probably hurt just as hurt and angry as you are, but controlling it at that point? What are you just giving them another another check in the box of what you potentially did wrong that you don't think that you did wrong? And kids have nothing to do with it, but now they have two angry parents. So Mm -hmm. take a step back and just realize that emotions will be dealt with later, but raising your kids, that's present. That is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's the work that I do every day with women to help get them to that point. So I'm so glad that you were there. I know you. I had very little to do with that. And that that has been all you on your journey, learning and growing and, and being committed to that growth. But I'm so happy we've connected along the way. Yes, definitely. Um, All right. So one last tip for any mom listening who is either about to take the plunge or whose marriage has just ended and she just needs something to help her go on. Dig deep and dig deep to figure out what makes you the most happy right now, currently, and figure out also what you're the most proud of and figure out what you're the most grateful for. And if you could hone in and write down those three things or dig deep and figure out what those three things are, look at that as the, the prize, as though you made it, basically like the carrot in front of the horse. Just keep, keep working towards that. And the things that will fall through your day to day will seem very nominal once you could focus on that. Think about the ramifications of your actions. Think about your emotions and where they're coming from. Attempt to empathize, which I know is not always the easiest. Trust me. I know. Someone's been reading Bill Eddy. Yeah. No, I'm no, I've just been listening to your podcast. Oh, it's my long. podcast. I, I, you know what? It's the it's it's your audio books times three. That empathy is so huge. And a lot of people don't understand it until some of their own anger dissipates, but you know, for, for lack of sounding like an asshole, if you look at that person, like with sad eyes, like, Oh God, I feel bad for them. Look how far my life has come. And and they're just sitting there still stewing in their own anger sucks to be them. That type of empathy, not let me give you a hug. You're so sad. No, 
the type of empathy where you're like, I feel bad for this person who can't get past their anger or get out of their own way. That's the empathy we're talking about. And it is so important for you to shift your perspective and depersonalize a lot of what's going on behind the scenes. Yes. And I do want to just emphasize on one thing. Some people may be listening and say, well, that seems like it was an easy divorce or an easy separation. They fell out of love. and that's, that's Without getting into any detail, yes, that may have happened. But trust me, there was plenty of things along the way that maybe some women would have said goodbye to their marriage then. There was a lot of trust. There was a lot of you know, uh, foul communication. There was a lot of mishaps. And trust me, if I really wanted to, as I'm sure he wanted to hold the grudge and really wanted to say, well, my wife, my wife's an asshole or my ex-wife's an asshole, my ex-husband's an asshole, whatever the case is, we could easily do it. I could sit here for hours and tell you about it, but that's not going to benefit us. What's going to benefit us is, okay, we may have failed in our marriage, but you know what we could still do? We could still be the poster children for perfect parent, divorced parents. Like, I want someone to say, look at them. They're, they really got their shit together. Look at how good the kids are doing. That, to me, is the biggest compliment. I did have, you know, my daughter's teacher, she did say to me, because she knows the situation, obviously, and she just, she gave us both a compliment and said that in the 20-something years that she's been doing this, she's never seen two people on the same page, very interactive, very, um, I guess, attuned to what's going on with our children. And to me, that means that we're doing something right. And that was my first priority. My second one now is fixing myself mm-hmm. and working on myself and growing myself, which I'm, again, I'm a work in progress. No one's perfect. I hear um, that. That's it. Well, I love that. And I'm so proud of you, Angela. And from where I'm sitting, you really have come a long way and you should be giving yourself you. all the credit. Uh, for everybody listening, I hope that this inspired you. Angela is a real mom, just like you and me. And it's just so refreshing to hear firsthand, not from the experts, but from somebody in the trenches that there truly is life on the other side. Thank you for being here, everybody. And we'll see you next week on Moms Moving On. Thank you. Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process, from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists and it's called the Moms Moving On Membership Community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com and click on become a member to join our community now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.